1: Hello and thanks for joining us again for The Greatest Rivalry, a podcast brought to you by Wisdom. I'm Nick Eshrogani. And I'm Adif Nawaz and this is a look at the historic rivalry between cricket's biggest foes on the field, India and Pakistan. And we're here in association with a great new product that is taking cricket coaching to a new level. It's a gadget called Batsense and it's available at kpsmartsports.com. It's a lightweight device that fits snugly onto the top of your cricket bat and it connects wirelessly to your smartphone. It'll track your technique and send all the data to your app so you can see what you're doing right and what you need to improve on. It's also got a six-hour battery life too, and you can get yours now for a reduced price of just £97 plus postage. Just head to kpsmartsports.com. Now, we've done our historical look back, so this week it's time to put together
0: our combined ODI 11 with players from both sides. And this is going to be pretty exciting to see. Thanks also to all the listeners who've been having your say online. Some very curious names on there, I'm going to say some that made me chuckle a little bit. But uh, now it's time for Nikesh and I to have a go. Nikesh, are you ready
1: with your Indian openers? Yes, right. Let's. Uh, th- this is not going to be too much of a surprise uh, in ODI cricket. Uh, the most successful... ODI opening pair of all time. I'm just going to put it out there, Artif, uh, Tendulka, Sachin Tendulka, and Sourav Ganguly. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't really beat that. Really,
0: they've been absolutely incredible. Um, I would have thought, I would have thought you'd give Sehwag a shout up there as well. To be honest with you. Yeah,
1: I mean, Sehwag. A lot of people would go with Sehwag, but you know, you look at his ODI figures and. Not quite as impressive as his test match stats. Um, you know, his strike rate is right up there. A little bit hit and miss. I mean, he averages sort of low 30s in uh, ODI cricket. These two mid-40s and, and having played, you know, Tendulkar 440-odd matches, Ganguly, you know, nearly 400 matches himself as well. And And those kind of figures that they've got, the runs, the centuries, the averages... And uh, the average partnership as well, which I think is crucial. You know, they're, they're, they've got the most runs together, the highest average uh, out of ODI pairs who, who've played together over a certain period of time. Um, so, you know, to get a, to get the team off to a good start, n- you need look no further than Sachin Tendulkar and Surabh Ganguly. Yeah, no, I mean, so...
0: It's, How about you? It's hard to be there. I've got uh, a slightly obvious choice in Saeed Anwar at the top of the order, yeah. uh, probably Pakistan's... Probably the greatest opener of all time, probably. Uh, and alongside him, yeah, I was I was tempted to go for somebody new, like um, yeah, Fakhar Zaman, uh, who sadly has been a bit inconsistent lately, and you know he's at the very early stages of his career, but he does have that iconic innings to his name. Uh, but in the end... You're not going to go with someone like Amir Sahel, perhaps? Uh, Amir Sahel was definitely in consideration, but again, he's, his career average just leave a little bit to be desired, and, you know, oddly enough, he's he's got a better average in test cricket where, you know, he's got some big double hundreds and things to lean on, but I can't, I couldn't really put him in the... Again, he's
1: had some nice, iconic innings, but... I mean, you know, Venkatesh Prasad would have him in his ODI <laughs> 11. <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> well, he may do. I mean, he, you know, he was a decent player. But yeah, I get what you mean. You know, his again, his test stats are better than his ODI stats. And um, do you think this is a bit of a problem area for Pakistan? Because we were, you know, one of the greatest of all time in any country, uh, you know, he'd get into any any 11 during his playing days uh, in ODI cricket particularly, but always struggled for a consistent partner at the other end, you know, somebody who could sort of almost match the stats that he's got. Yeah, no, I think it was he had
0: the longevity, didn't he? Because he, he had a few different opening partners. He played with Sahil for quite some time, but he also had to play with uh, Vijahad Zulawasti, with Imran Farhad. Uh, Taufik Umar. There were so many different opening batsmen that he ended up playing with and pe- sometimes Pakistan mixing and matching and putting their middle order up and things like that. But he was quite iconic all the way through and you've got to remember he had this record which he set against India oddly enough. He, he scored 194 which stood yep. as the highest individual score in uh, one day cricket for 16 years. So it was pretty um, he's a pretty iconic player so it's hard to find somebody who matches him. In the end I had to be a little bit um, you know, tactical with my choice here, and I went for Shai the Freedy. Wow, okay. Um, who's also he's opened the batting uh, quite quite often actually for Pakistan. You forget how often he used to open the batting. Him and Imran Nazir had quite a a dashing, exciting opening partnership going for a while. And uh, sadly, you know, they weren't super consistent. Certain, certainly not with the bat, but uh, they were both great to watch. Great value, a bit of pinch hitting at the top. So I opted for Say and Shai
1: the Freedy as my two. Um... Yeah, the yeah. Af- the Afridi thing is interesting because uh, that sort of happened towards the late 90s when, you know, 96 World Cup, it became a trend, didn't it, with Jay Asaria and Kalawitrana from Sri Lanka, you know, winning them that World Cup and just coming out and blasting everybody during those power play overs. And, you know, literally every nation around the world took note of this and thought, right, we need to do something similar. And Afridi was also, of, of course, Pakistan's answer uh, to try and solve that at the top of the order. You know, came off sometimes, didn't come off probably uh, a lot of the time. But, uh, you know, certainly on his day uh, could could certainly get, get them off to an absolute flying start. Uh, but I, I think... You know, in a, in a combined 11, you need that consistency. You need that longevity. You need the the, the stats to to back it up over a long career. You know, Shadab Freedy did open for a bit. Not a specialist opener. You know, found himself uh, way down the order uh, in later days as well. So, I'm probably going to exclude him. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. He does give you an option with the with the with
0: the leg spin, and of course, in this kind of list. It's difficult to see him. I am picking Jai the Fridi as an opening batsman of your combined 11 is always going to be a long shot. Do you know what um, you've done
1: there? Do you know what you've done there, Adif? Uh-huh. You've, you've excluded him for, from your 11 now, haven't you? Because he was your opener. I mean, if you'd played him down at number seven or something like that, he could have got in as a leg-spinning all-rounder, but, but that's gone now. I think you, you, I've got a few other leg spinners that I'm going to play ahead of Shida with you. He actually just started his career. He
0: was played as like a, a backup leg spinner for Mushtaq Ahmed. And it was only because he, you know, in his first innings, he hit that, uh, that world record century of 37 balls. That's the only reason he ended up picking up this mantle of batsman. And he did play some really nice innings and he did improve his batting to a touch. But essentially he was a leg spinner. And even, you know, by his own account, he was always a leg spinner. And um, yeah, I mean, if when you look at the history of leg spinners in in Pakistan, I could probably think of at least three off the top of my head that I would play ahead of Shai the end
1: Spoiler alert: you're going to hear at least one of them a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I've got an idea who those names are. So, so what are we going with? What are we going with at the top? I mean, Sachin Tendulkar has to get in there, right?
0: Yeah, I think you can't you can't not play Sachin Tendulkar. And, I do love uh, Saurav Ganguly. Like, I've enjoyed his play. I like his passion. I think he's, you know, a very iconic player. And who doesn't remember seeing his bare-chested image at Lord's? Uh, You know, that's (laughs) an image that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life, for better or for worse. But uh, I I just think, in a fantasy scenario, watching Saeed Anwar play alongside Sachin Tendulkar, that is, it would be so cool. Specifically, because as you say, Saeed Anwar never had that consistent, iconic partner to go in there with him. I mean, who's
1: more consistent and iconic than Sachin Tadulka? Like, did that'd they be play something... together? Did they play together for an Asia 11?
0: I think they might have,
1: actually. I a World th- 11. Th- I'm th- pretty sure they did. Um, I can't remember where the match was. It may have been down in Australia. It was probably 99 or 2000. I remember... Michael Bevan got a few runs in that game for the Aussies. Um, Ganguly was involved as well. I think Ganguly may have batted three in that game to allow Saeed Anwar to open. I, I I can't be sure of that. It's just just these memories at the back of my head. Um, but yeah, they I, I think they may have well played together. And, uh, you know, a lot of these players uh, would have only come together in situations like that. Um, and yeah, it would have been great to see them uh, together for that long period of time. It does hurt me, Atif. It hurts me not putting Saurav Ganguly in there because he was my captain as well. Of um, course. Uh, <laughs> and he was a great captain, by the way. Like, I mean, he, he took you guys yeah. from, from relatively
0: middle middling ground. Uh, which is not any kind of critique on the previous captains, but he was kind of, you know, right at the at the face of that transformation phase for India, where they started to kind of g- begin this uphill, um, you know, um, march and it moved on with Mahendra Singh Dhoni, obviously, but I, uh, I he is a very iconic captain. Um, you know, if it makes you feel any better, Shai the 3 captained for Pakistan, quite a bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't your captain in your combined 11 surely. No, no, he wasn't he wasn't the captain in the combined 11, but um I suspect there's a few players coming
1: up that have got really decent captaincy there's credentials. A few, there's a few, yeah, uh, from both sides. Um Go on then. We'll we'll go with we'll go with Tendulkar and Saeed Anwar if you agree. Yeah, let's do that. I quite like that at the top of the order. I think
0: that'd make the next time I'm playing a uh, uh, one of my fantasy cricket games on on PlayStation or
1: Xbox or whatever, I'd, I'd settle for that opening partnership for sure. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I mean, top scores of one nine four, and uh, two hundred as well. So uh, and uh, you know, not not just that, but the averages, the the longevity, you know, the, the sheer weight of runs, and uh, I suppose. You know, these are two of the batsmen who opposition teams would be sort of targeting. You know, to they they'd be making plans specifically for these two batsmen because they are so good. So uh, okay, so we've got our openers sorted: Sachin Tendulkar and Saeed Anwar, and, and already the sound of that Atif is. You know, you know, you've had these conversations as kids as well. Imagine if, you know, in the nineties. Uh, some of the Indian batsmen were in the Pakistan side and some of the Pakistan bowlers were in the India side. You know, could have taken on the world, but certainly these openers would have taken on the world. So who have you got at number three? At number three, I've got uh, a relative... Well, you can't really beat this
0: player. He's so, so good. Um, you know so iconic for pakistan he's been a captain as well and a coach and a mentor and uh you know the figure of much ridicule sometimes but also somebody with an exceptional record in uh, both forms of the game that he played and in, that's Inzamamul Haq I've gone for it, number 3 Inzi Inzi batting at 3 as well yeah, I know I know he played at four sometimes and uh he oscillated up and down he was one of those players that could bat really anywhere he wanted aside from he, he did like the shine off the ball a little bit but if you recall a lot of the time that he played for Pakistan in the 90s the openers would go pretty early so he would be there at over <laughs> three four five and you know playing with a relatively new ball but he just had that kind of calming uh impact on the team you know the idea of just a player that has so much time on the ball you know all, never really looks rushed and you know, I know people fixate on the run-outs, but he's actually got an incredible record and was just hit the ball so hard. It was quite an imposing figure to
1: bowl to. So I, I, I've i got the at number three. Who have you got? I've got Rahul Dravid, who, you know, many people will say, you know, Rahul Dravid, really, in a one-day side. But you just look at the figures, right? 344 matches, 10,889 runs. Uh, average at uh, just under 40, 1,283 50s. And... Uh, you know, just that calming influence at the top of the order. Because I've gone for a team, and, and even with taking Ganguly out and putting Zaydan we're in. They are quite swashbuckling as as we get down the order and even at the top of the order as well. But you, you need that anchor. You need that wall. You need that somebody who can just bat through the innings. And, you know, by no means was Rahul Dravid uh, boring to watch, uh, especially in one-day cricket. I mean, you just, you know, look at those figures for a start. The, you know, he scored runs everywhere. He went around the world in all formats of cricket. And uh, white ball was no different. And I just I just think at number three... Particularly, as you said, you know, you can always lose a wicket early in these ODI games and, uh, you know, you lose one or two early on and you're struggling, especially in the power play. But when you've got somebody like Rahul Dravid, just to ease those nerves, I can't, couldn't think of a better man. And, um, you know, for me, Inzi's batting too high. I don't know. I, well, I, let's I know. say... I let's mean, we, this, we could still fit
0: Inzi in. Let's do this, because I, I, I really like, I like, the idea, I like the idea of having Raul
1: Dravid at number three. Who do you have at four? We might be able to do a little 3-4 situation. I'm not sure we can do a 3-4 situation. <laughs> who do you think I've got at number four? Come on. Who bats four? Uh, who, who bats three or four right now? It's, it's, it's got to it's gotta be the
0: greatest of all time, right? It's got to be Barack Obama. Is he the greatest of all time in your eyes? In my eyes, yeah. I mean, I'm I've definitely got a modern bias, but I, I you know I just I can't get enough of watching the guy play. And uh, you know I always I hear all the comparisons. You know people talk about the Big Five with like you know Root and um, you know uh, all, all all the others and you know and things like that. But I really do think he's in a class all by himself. Like Virat Kohli, just so unbelievably consistent, a complete match winner. He's got the complete game. He looks like a robot that was built to bat forever uh and look really good doing it so i mean for me he's definitely he's definitely like, he's the one pick that i wouldn't even contest and i had a respect for him i don't even think i'll tell you who my number four was uh no i will tell, <laughs> Come you. On, tell I will. me of tell course me. i will it was it was javid miadar um you know the only well for, for a while the only Pakistani player who'd played six world cups the only Pakistani player or the only player in the world to play the first six world cups and yeah. not somebody you immediately think of as like an a a one day specialist but he's actually got an incredible record in one day cricket with 8000 plus runs and um you know many many iconic innings particularly against India you know he hit that last ball six in Sharjah that was celebrated for a very very long time uh, you know and he still talks about it to this day um Javed Miandad iconic player um but I wouldn't like I wouldn't like for me Kohli's an automatic pick in the in the in the in the 11 like I would not If I'd let either of those guys go for Kohli. For Dravid, again, I have so much respect for Dravid. I love watching him play. I really resent those those, um, dull or boring accusations because he's just technically so proficient. You know, he plays the anchor role so well. He's never really rushed. He's never patooed by things like strike rate and things like that. But I do think the modern game requires even your anchor
1: players to be quite dynamic and aggressive. So... All right, I... here's here's what we do. I mean, look, you know, there's still a couple of other batting positions in the lineup. So, uh-huh. so let's not cement anything down yet. We'll we'll put in Kohli at four. We're agreed on that, right? Yeah, Kohli at four. For I'm completely happy with that. Three or four, but sure. he, he'll be in there. And uh, five, I've got Rohit Sharma, who, you know, is an opener, but you know, ahead of in my lineup, ahead of Tendulkar, Ganguly, and even now, Anwar, he's not getting in that top two you know, even though he scored, you know, three, triple, uh, three double centuries in ODI cricket, uh, you know, he just takes attacks apart five centuries in the last World Cup. I mean, give it a few years and we may talk differently about Rohit Sharma. It's always different when players retire and we reminisce about how great they were and we can properly look down and analyse their whole career. I mean, at the moment, he's he, he's for me the best opener in ODI cricket by none. Um, you know, I don't don't care who anyone else has got in their lineup around the world you know jason roy johnny Bairstow um david warner i just think rohit sharma is on another planet in terms of just his appetite for runs and scoring quickly and just just taking teams out of the game almost in in the first 15 20 overs um so that's the reason why i've got him in there um but you know it's it's difficult when you've got people like inzi around and uh I mean let's let's look at Inzi's record now. So Inzi quite similar to Rahul Dravid. Yeah. In terms of he, he played a few more matches but the average is very similar just under 40. Uh, he played 378 matches. Inzi uh scored, you know, 11739 runs. He's a World Cup winner which you know Rohit Sharma doesn't have on his CV. He was left out of the 2011 World Cup squad, he was just a young man at that point in time. Inzi was a young man in 92, but played a big role in that, that innings against New Zealand. So you've got to take all these things into account as well. You know, these pressure situations and, and winning matches for your team under those kind of circumstances. Um, I mean, there's always a run out on the cards, I will say that. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, Inzy's depends there. He's there. He's well, I mean, if you look at the, purport, the number of times you
0: got run out, was quite high but he did the number of times he ran
1: out other people as well
0: (laughs) i was gonna gonna say because he's played 370 odd games right so like probably proportionately he didn't get run out as often as people thought he did but
1: yeah yeah, but sometimes he he would have saved himself as well so (laughs) (laughs) there is there is always that danger but you know if he's already got a few runs in the bank then uh, you're probably willing to to risk that every now and again um so would you be would you agree with this if we had perhaps Inzi Dravid and Kohli in that middle order I'm not saying in in that order Oh
0: I think I think I'd take I'd take Sharma ahead of ahead of ahead of Rahul sadly I really would um because as you say, I mean A he's the only cricketer that's got multiple double hundreds and we're thinking about I mean It's really difficult to compare errors, and this is why this list is so subjective, and I apologize to anybody that's listening that's getting frustrated by this, but, you know, you can only really look at the information that you have, and, you know, Raul Dravid was an exceptional player, there's no doubt about it, but for me, the way the game is played now, Rohit Sharma makes my team ahead of him every single time, just because he is dynamic, he makes masses and masses of runs, there's no barrier that he can't break through, like, you know, he's got multiple double hundreds it was thought of as impossible for the longest time and now he's got several yeah. of them um and you know i think he's very unlucky in a way that he pl- plays in the same era as Virat coley or he'd be celebrated as the big star of indian cricket so um not to say he's not celebrated he's, he's right up there but you know Kohli's on a different level altogether in terms of following and and um and personality and profile so i would go but so my instinct would be to play inzi at three and Virat at four and Sharma at five. That's how I would do it.
1: Yeah, you've you've kind of, you've argued well for Rohit Sharma there. I mean, Rahul Dravid, the only reason I kind of wanted him in there, obviously he's a fantastic player and the, and the records show that, but just that calm influence at, at number three. But you're right. I mean, we can't leave a man with three double hundreds out. So sadly, Rahul no. Dravid is going to miss this one out, I think. And we'll, we'll we'll have to go with those three. I suppose we can go with that order, but, you know, as is the case in a lot of uh, ODI cricket, lose an early wicket, maybe push Rohit up to number three, uh, you know, as, a, as somebody who's opened so much, or, you know, fiddle about with it, really. Um, but we'll, we'll put those three in there. So, Inzi. Yeah. Just write this down. Kohli, of course, and Rohit Sharma as well. There you go. That's a pretty okay, right. So that's. I mean, that's a pretty strong top five, yeah. isn't it? You might not get a bat at number five. <laughs> well, that absolutely. This
0: is the thing as well, which is why I think you gotta you gotta consider the next players very carefully. At number six, have you? I I've opted for an all rounder at number six. I think an all rounder is what you want, and I suspect this might be the fiercest part of the debate because I I have a feeling yeah. who you've got, and I I think you've got a feeling who I've got.
1: Who have you got, Nikesh? See, I know who you've got at number six. Okay. And if it is who I think it is, I think six is too high. Um, is it Imran Khan? It is Imran Khan. Okay, I think six is too high for Imran Khan, but we need to fit two all-rounders in there. And, and the, I, I've gone for two all-rounders in my side, and well, three if you count wicket-keepers. Um, but I've gone for Yuvraj Singh at number six for that extra spin option. And, you know, man of the tournament in the 2011 World Cup, uh, you know, a mainstay in the Indian middle order for so long, finish matches for fun. And I think finishing is is a key skill in this side, particularly, you know, when you've got so much power at the top of the order, you're not going to get much of a chance to play long innings. So you need to be able to finish well in those last 10 overs if you're chasing or setting a target. And uh, I think Yuvraj Singh is the man, but, you know, (laughs) as a batter... I think he maybe has the wood over Imran Khan. It might sound controversial to some, but, you know, of course, <laughs> as a bowler, Imran Khan, you know, one of the greatest of all time in all formats. You know, forget the stats in ODI. ODR cricket was different back then. I mean, his stats are very good. Um, but, you know, one of the greatest, uh, you know, particularly before his injuries took over towards the end of his career, uh, the speed at which he bowled and, and the kind of movement he got, uh, was absolutely outstanding, you know, particularly with the red ball, which is, you know, he played a lot of red ball one day international cricket, didn't he? He did. Um, and used to get that to to really talk, particularly in the later overs with that reverse swing. Um, so, you know, certainly as a bowler, Imran Khan has that one. I just think... As a batter, I, th- I think in ODI cricket and the role you're asking somebody to play here, I think Yuvraj Singh takes it. Well... See, this is the thing. I think there's a common misconception about Imran
0: Khan. He had a very long career. Don't forget, he played into his into his forties. Um, and yeah. uh, you know, in that last World Cup, that the the 1992 World Cup that Pakistan won, of course, people talk about his captaincy and you know his bowling. You know, which was a, a few yards shorter. Uh, you know, not quite as quick as he as he used to be, but his batting. Had evolved completely, and he played a couple of really crucial innings, including in the World Cup final to get Pakistan some crucial runs. He batted a little bit higher up the order. Uh, I believe his his best performances did come at six. Uh, in the end, I know people think of him as this booming fast bowler who who could bat a bit, but his time at sort of Worcester and Sussex, like he really uh, worked hard on his batting, and that county influence was always there. That even you know you see this with English players, in particular historically, that even the English tail usually can get you some runs. Um, you know he he worked really hard on his on his batting, and he's got some really strong performances to back it as well, and also a couple yeah, of yeah, but could he tonk it
1: like Yuvraj? Well,
0: it's, as you say, as you say, it was a different <laughs> Mr. game. Mr. Six
1: Sixes, I know different format, but Mr. Six Sixes. He was very listen. You, I've got a lot of love for Yuvraj Singh. I've, he's always
0: been one of my favorite players to watch, and just a lovely man off the pitch as well. But I mean Imran Khan is Imran Khan. He's offering you a unique kind of value and an option for captaincy as well, which might have to be shared considering who you might bring in next. But
1: um, shared captaincy, yeah. wow. well, well, because that, that, well, I don't know. I don't know about shared captaincy. Um, there's the there, yeah. There's a couple of guys who could do it in in the rest of my lineup.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple of them um, as well. But I just think ahead yeah. of. Imran would be tough for 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 anybody aside from maybe one iconic Indian cricketer, uh, but like you know, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll cross that bridge at the next pick. But you think we should have two all-rounders?
1: Um, uh, well, yeah, two all-rounders, but I'm not saying these two necessarily because there's there's one more bloke who's done a bit, <laughs> uh, Mister Kapil Dev, who who I've got further down the order. Yeah, yeah, uh... at number eight. Okay, and, and certainly he could bat six, seven, or eight, but you know, just given the the rest of the lineup, he's going to have to find a place down the order, unfortunately. Um, but you know, certainly, uh, certainly could hold a bat. Don't uh, don't ask any questions about that. Um, so we are we going? The only, I mean, who's going to bowl spin in this lineup? We, obviously, we've got time for us sp- one spinner, probably. Uh, you know, maybe down. Down the way, yeah. Um, There's a few options. Well, maybe as well. two, maybe two. I suppose if we if we go with Imran. Well,
0: we've got to get a wicketkeeper in as well. There. Don't
1: forget, we still need to get a wicketkeeper in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wicketkeeper is is next, but see, this is why. Let's try and nail this down. Let's try because we're talking about Imran Khan and and Yuvraj uh-huh. Singh, and you know we we need to bring Kapil couple Devin, who I've got a number eight, into that debate. Um, this is tough. This is tough. Kapil Dev's got a got a, got a
0: 180 to his name, right? A 175
1: uh, to his name. So Kapil yeah. Dev, yeah, yeah, he's got a 175 to, yeah, I mean, he absolutely saved the day for India there in the 83 World Cup. They were, I think, 12 for 5 against Zimbabwe. Yeah. <laughs> lowly Zimbabwe, well, lowly ranked Zimbabwe. I think um, you're doing him a slight... And, uh, he just saved the day at Tunbridge Wells there. You're so... doing him a slight disservice playing him all the way down at number 8. I, w- I want to see him in the action. So who are you going to put him above, man? Who are you going to put him above? I mean, look, you have I think we're going to have to go with Imran Khan at, at 6. I think we're going to have to go with Imran Khan. So let's let's put him in at 6. So I'll, I'll go with you I, on that. I, but we we um, still haven't got a wicketkeeper yet and um, let's 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 go wicketkeeper. I mean Kapil Dev's he's going to be in my side and I'm sure I can convince you to put him in the combined 11. Yeah. Um keeper I've got MS Dhoni. I don't I don't think there's going to be any arguments about that. I mean well listen, he's the only captain ever to win all three ODI um, trophies, ICC trophies. He's won the Champions Trophy. Uh, sorry, not o- it's all three ICC World events. Uh, so the Champions Trophy, of course, 2013, the 2011 World Cup, the 2007 World T20, the first ever won. You know, he's he's captain, fantastic. He's he finishes games for fun, just like Yuvraj Singh, who I mentioned earlier on. His I mean, some of his innings in One Day International cricket, when you you know his powers may have waned of late um, in terms of being able to finish games, but just the fact that he used to be able to time his his chases so perfectly, you think when is he going to go? When is he going to go? He'd take it deep, he'd take it into the 45th over. India would need you know 12, 15 runs an over. He would be the coolest man on the field, and he'd just knock a few sixes and uh, see India home with with time to spare usually. And he did that so often, you know, batting down at number six or seven in the order I mean he spent some of his career batting in the top top of the uh, order, you know, number three. He's had a few good innings there. He's got, you know, 140-odd against Pakistan batting up there. He's got 180-odd against Sri Lanka batting up at the top of the order as well. So, you know, he he gives you that flexibility as well. You know, if the openers have done really well and you want somebody to come in and carry that momentum on, perhaps just send only up the order if there's not too many overs remaining and and see what he can do. So he gives you so many options and, you know... In terms of captaincy, uh, you're right. I mean, his test match captaincy, I wasn't the biggest fan of. I thought he could have been a bit more positive. He, he had opportunities to win test matches abroad and and was too negative in some of them. But in ODI cricket, in T20 cricket, he's the man. He He's the coolest man on the field. He'll get the job done more often than not. And he has to be keeping in this side.
0: Yeah, I uh, well, I mean, I, I, as much as I want to make a, a very passionate argument for... Uh, Umar Akmal I'm going um, <laughs> to... No. <laughs> I, I <laughs> almost didn't realise I mean, that was my a good I had some this. decent... <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's underrated he's not he's not he's not terrible uh, you know he gets a lot of stick but i think he's actually he's actually better than people think he is but i i mean i wanted to there's there's some decent bagestani keepers out there that you could go to you could go to moin khan you could go to Rashid latif uh you know you could go to uh Zulkarnan, who was there for a bit and obviously Kamran Akmal, who had a really long stint and obviously some of it is mired by a, a, a phase where he didn't do very well but he's actually got a decent record and is still incredibly effective in in the domestic game. And uh, you know you got people like Rizwan and Surfaraz Ahmed. You know Surfaraz Ahmed, the uh, uh, ICC event, world event winning yeah. captain. And you could argue that he did it with the with the weakest resources of uh, of all the other captains of Pakistan. But they're all they're all good keepers. But um, I'd feel slightly disingenuous trying to put any of them above MS Dhoni because, as you say, he is a captain who's done it all uh, and uh, a, a wicketkeeper. Certainly, I think you know you could d- you could discuss the captaincy for sure, but his wicketkeeping, his calmness under pressure, his batting, his general iconic status
1: is you know few can few will ever match that. So his keeping got... as well. I mean, I, I remember I was on. Uh... BBC Test Match special uh, a couple of years ago. I think it may have been during the Champions Trophy 2017. Uh, That one up there, yeah. But not not, not, not in that final. Um, But it was in one of the group games and um, there was a rain delay. I remember Australia, I think, were playing Bangladesh. um, And there was a rain delay at the Oval. And during the interval, uh, a few of us were asked to go on and and discuss this poll that the BBC Sport website was running um, and who would you put in each position in an ODI. Lineup and uh, the position of wicketkeeper came up, and at that time, you know, MS Dhoni was still this legend of world cricket, and um, you know, he, he, you know, batting better than uh, he had done for a few years as well. You know, he's right at the top of his game, and I was umming and ahhing about it, and James Taylor, who's now part of the England uh, selection committee, but you know, former England batsman, was saying, how can you not pick Dhoni in any sort of all-time ODI eleven? He's the best keeper standing up. That he's ever seen in 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 his lifetime, and, and that there has ever been, and and just looking at him over the years, you you've kind of got to agree with that. I mean, standing up to the spinners, standing up to the medium paces as well, the the stumpings that he's got to his name, the catches uh, when he's standing up as well. I mean, I think his keeping has often been underrated, but he he's really had to work hard on it when he first came into the side. He wasn't the best of wicket keepers. He wasn't the most natural of wicket keepers, but he really, really worked hard at that. And I think uh, you know I've got to agree uh, with that sentiment from James Taylor that standing up to the stumps, he's probably the best that there's ever been.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, big statement. It, it, it is a big but, statement. You know, I'd, I'd I'd have to review some tapes and things like that, but I I, I certainly wouldn't dispute his entry into this team. Like he's he's. Uh, an, as I say, he's an iconic figure. Also, the recipient of
1: probably the best cricket film, uh, cricket biopic that's ever been it the was wonderful, eight, wasn't so... it? And uh, the, you know, yeah, the, the was, late yeah. Sushant Singh Rajput uh, played him so beautifully in that film, and uh, re- really got it bang on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is some story as well where he's come from. So uh, we'll we'll slot in MS Dhoni at seven. But yeah. I think, so uh, we've got
0: uh, Imran Khan, and then we've got Kapil Dev at eight. And yeah, Kapil at
1: think... eight is my second yeah. all rounder in this side and
0: Yeah, with my apologies to Abdul Razak uh, and uh, Azir Mahmoud who, you know, had a really good stint in the nineties. Friend of the podcast um, as
1: well, Azir Mahmoud. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but he definitely had a shout there for me. He's very, very good and, you know, yeah, he's just so effective with the ball and the bat, really hard hitting at the bottom, but I don't think he'll I don't think even he'll mind, you know, getting bumped for a couple dev. So um yeah, so I guess we've, we're have we down to eight now.
1: But look, here, here's nine, our dilemma, 10, right? Just before we even get down to 9, 10, 11, we've uh-huh. got a bit of a dilemma here because uh, at six, we've got Imran Khan. At seven, we've got MS Dhoni. At eight, we've got Kapil Dev, the 1983 World Cup winning captain again with, you know, a very, very sort of, you know, decent side, but very under you know, uh, sorry, very much underdogs. Uh, in that victory, not just in the final, in the whole World Cup. I mean, you know, just that story of they were 12 for five against Zimbabwe in 1983 and and had to rely on Kapil Dev to to save the day with 175 not out. I mean, they weren't very good at, at one day international cricket before that. After that, they became very consistent, and these sort of all-rounders they had in the in the middle, you know, the Mother Lars and the Roger Binneys, and they all kind of stepped up, and they won that World Championship uh, of cricket uh, in Australia in 1985. So they were a solid one-day side after that, and and once they got that belief of winning that World Cup, but he really led them so well during that World Cup, and and to take a side like that of of people of no-hopers really. And to go and beat that great West Indies side in that final uh, after scoring just 183 as well and defending that against the likes of Viv Richards, Clive Lloyd, Gordon Greenwich, Desmond Haynes, you know, the, the list just goes on. Sure. I just think his captaincy had a lot to do with that and the kind of inspiration that, that he had on his boys during that tournament. So you've got three guys there who are potential captains. I mean, you've you've got captains at the top of the order as well. You've got, you know, Inzi captain for so long. Kohli's the current India captain. Tendulkar had a stint. You know, many people said if he had a better side... And, and wasn't so stressed with, with trying to bail uh, a weak India batting order out of these situations in the mid-90s, uh, before he had the likes of Ganguly and Dravid as teammates. Uh, then he may have gone on to be a really successful captain, yeah, a great thinker of the game as well. You've got Roy Sharma, who's captain of the Mumbai Indians in the IPL, vice-captain of India. You know, Such a great record in white ball cricket uh, You know, domestically as a captain as well. So you've got a lot of potential captains in there. Um and, you know, maybe even a couple more to come. I mean, this is going to be a dilemma. We'll we'll save that for a moment while we talk about our, our numbers 9, 10 and 11. And uh, give me a 9, 10, 11. Just give me all three because uh, we may well have to change the order they bat in. But give, give me your three bowlers.
0: I think this is going to be pretty, the most predictable part of the podcast. Uh, this is going to be Wasim Akram, uh, Wakar Yunus and Seklan Mushtag all, you know, I mean, I'm just going with, uh, with with in terms of the spinner, there were so many options, right? You've got, you know, you can go to Mushtaq Ahmed, you could go to Abdul Qadir, uh, you know, the, the, there were so many, Said Ajmal obviously, some incredible uh, spinners over the years in, in Pakistan obviously in India as well, so we'll hear about in a second. Danish I'm sure. Canaria as well, Danish yeah, canaria.
1: very successful uh, yeah. in terms of wickets taken.
0: And you'll certainly hear more about Danish Canaria next week when we talk about our test combined 11s but I, uh, yeah, in, in the one day game, for me, there was nobody nobody that really came close to Sakhaled Mushtaq in terms of skill and you know just that that threat to the batsman like he was the kind of bowler that could take a wicket at any given time I know it's understated but it's so difficult to understand exactly how effective the Dusra was when it first was unveiled onto world cricket it was just a revelation Every bowler, every off-spin bowler in the world now works on a dusra, and that is because of Sakhalin Mushtaq's ingenuity. Like it was yeah. something that came out of nowhere uh, at the time, and it was it was just unplayable, It was unthinkable. The off-spinner was considered, you know, it was all about the leggies at the time. These great leg spinners who can turn the ball and move the ball, and they've got the variation and going away from the right hander. But for an off-spinner, you know, this was this was a game changer to bowl a, 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 you know essentially a leg break from an off break action without any real discernible change is you know it was so extraordinary that you know it just ch- changed the game in many ways so that's why I went for Saqlain
1: ahead of all the others uh, before the mob comes after me let's talk about spinners then so Saqlain you know 100% i mean he he was my favorite pakistani spinner of all time and and you know a proper gentleman off the pitch as well really nice guy um and yeah that 99 world cup when when we kind of saw him probably at his peak um around that time and you know the hat trick i remember against zimbabwe i think it was um you know and then he went to india and of course uh, bamboozled the indian batsmen uh, during that test series there as well but you know particularly in odi cricket i think he was a guy he was one of those spinners who you could bowl at the death as well which i think was quite rare for a spinner during that era um you know just just risking bowling them at the death when you're trying to contain a side uh, but he could do that so well and and so effectively and you know like like you say uh, inventor of the doosra So, you know, you can't really, uh, you know, knock him for for not having too many variations. He had the Dusra, he talked about the Tisra, which I don't don't think we ever (laughs) saw the Tisra. I don't know if it was a a Shane Warne kind of psychology situation there, you know, when Warne used to talk about zooters and and all these kind of deliveries and whether he was just trying to get into the batsmen's heads. But, you know, certainly um, he he was one of the all time greats. Why do you think it is, though, that, like, with him and even with Mushtaq Ahmed before him, why they didn't play a bit more. I mean, you kind of expected their careers to go on a little bit longer. Do you think that's just because of the the riches of you know spin bowling in Pakistan at that time that you know somebody else came along and took their place? Who was Absolutely. Better? I
0: think with Pakistani cricket, particularly when it came to spinners and fast bowlers, there's always just been a paradox of choice. They have so many options and so much new and young talent that comes through on a regular basis. It's hard to it's very difficult, particularly when somebody's been a stalwart, like Siklen, you know, he played for such an extended spell in that Pakistan team that any time he has any kind of dip, uh, you know, in Pakistanis and I suppose Indians to an extent, can be very quick to react and quick to overreact a little bit to to like a, a weak performance. So I, I think it was a, the element of that, an element of different regimes wanting to push different players... Uh, i remember towards the end of uh, sir Glenn's career uh Shoaib malik was being trained as sort of a siklan mushtaq clone and it's really bizarre if you watch uh, early shohab malik odi performances he bowls in an identical way not as effective uh, yeah. at all hafiz
1: as well you know
0: hafiz as well was, it was another uh malik belt, clone
1: it?
0: yeah there was uh, um there was so many arshad khan bowled similar he was a bit taller so he had a different um, Kind of trajectory, but there were so many bowlers that just it made off spin cool again. You know, off all of a sudden, so Glenn Marsh took what you know, sort of was a very kind of gentle, you know, middle class English thing to do to bowl a bit of off spin while you're while you're getting ready to bat at number three. He turned it into a real weapon, a real feared part of like in Urdu they would use the word dashat, the threat. That he had uh, with the, with the, with the ball, and he could do it any time of the day. Like you know, as you saw as you say, in the death nowadays, you know, it, it's the age of T20, and you see all this unconventional stuff happening all the time with spinners opening and spinners closing, and you know, Sunil Narine. I, I think of him in the IPL and all these things. You know, I I can't imagine. You know, it's it's you, you can you you can't fathom how effective he was in an era where these things just did not happen. Uh, so for me, you know, he's he's brilliant and obviously there's some great indian um off and leg spinners which i'm sure we'll hear about in a second and um you know they they they're all wonderful but in terms of one day cricket you know he's got the hat trick as well he's got that famous hat trick in 99 uh, in a world cup i think you know i think saqlain is is the one for me um even ahead of a couple of the fast bowlers really i think if if we were running low uh, i'd i'd probably pick one of the two great W's and and Seclan, just because he offers you so much in
1: that sense, at his, at his peak in a fantasy scenario. Oh my god! Yeah, you've you've sold it well there, but uh, you know all, all all very good and and all correct. I mean, he was uh, one of the all time greats in ODI cricket, but such a shame. I mean, he only played one hundred and sixty nine one day internationals. I say only. I mean, you know, nowadays, especially <laughs> in the subcontinent, you know, and even even throughout the nineties and, and the two thousands, you know, people tended to play 300 games if they were a stalwart of their side. You know, you've talked about some of the openers there, you know, Tendulkar, 400-odd games, you know, Inzi, 370-odd games. You know, th- these guys played a lot of ODI cricket during that era, and for Sakhlain to play 169 was, was quite modest, but, you know, 288 wickets, economy rate 4.29, which by modern standards is great. But By those standards, you know, maybe a, a touch high, but, you know, he was an attacking bowler. I mean, you know just the ratio of matches to wickets there and the average 21.78 outstanding average uh, as well from saclane so he was very much a, a wicket taking bowler and an attacking option uh, for pakistan during that time um i've gone for anil gumble yeah and uh, the reason I've gone for him above, you know, the likes of Harbhajan Singh uh, in particular. I know we've, we've talked about Yuvraj there being a potential option, in the mid-order. We've not gone with Yuvraj in this side. Um, I mean, Anil Kumble, not the biggest turner of the ball, but so accurate, so so accurate. I mean, you know, very similar sort of uh, av- uh, uh, economy rates to uh Saklain there, uh, four point three. Uh, runs per over you know 337 wickets in 271 matches not quite uh, as impressive a ratio as uh, Sakhalin, uh, but still very effective and he was India's biggest match winner in in all formats really during that particular era in the mid 90s um, you know, even more so than Sachin Tendulkar. I mean, Anil Kumble used to win matches single-handedly sometimes. Best figures of six for 12 in a one-day international. He, he's performed on the biggest stages. You know, he took uh, India along with the rest of the bowlers uh, in the 2003 World Cup all the way to the final. He was so good in the uh, 1996 World Cup where I believe he he was the top wicket-taker in that tournament. Um, you know, such a such a great bowler. And he was kept out of the side. Particularly in ODI cricket towards the end of his career by a certain Harbhajan Singh, who could have quite easily been in My11 as well. You know, another outstanding off-spinner. Um, you know, learnt a lot from Sakhalayn Mushtaq, uh, he says. And, you know, both of them um, have spent some time with each other previously. Both played for Surrey uh, in county cricket as well. Um, so, you know, there, there are options. Um... And yeah, no, he's I mean, good. He's a- I love to have Anil Cumble in, in any side of, of mine. Of course, he's a he's a. I don't think I can argue against Sackley, to be honest, because I remember I remember him at his peak, and and he was quite something. And I, I've I've never really seen batsman as bamboozled with any other bowler other than probably morally in ODI cricket. You know, in terms of just not knowing what he's going to do, um, and just for that little X factor, that mystery. I think we need to have uh, Sack Lane in there as our spinner, so uh, we'll, we'll stick Sack Lane in there. I don't know if we're going to put him nine, ten, or eleven at this stage. I mean, he could hold a bat. He's got a Test centuries to his he name does. as well, um, so he, he can certainly hold a bat. Um, yeah, but yeah we'll, put, we'll put Sack Lane in there, and uh, poor old Anil Kumble misses yeah, out. Yeah, but like a lot of the, the, the
0: thing is the one benefit of getting rid of uh, Anil Kumble from consideration. And of course, he's a great player and a great statesman, and you know, I, I think he, he was. Just a terrific player all the way around. I hope we get to hear more about him next week as well when we do the Test uh, 11. But, yeah, you don't want to add another captain into the mix. (laughs) That's the last thing you want (laughs) to do. Although
1: he was pretty much... I know he captained India right at the end of his career uh, in that Test series against Australia in 2008. Um, but for so many years, people said he was the greatest captain that India never had. A bit like Shane Warne with Australia, yeah. who only captained in, in a couple of ODIs, I believe. Um, you know, just filling in, basically. Um, and, and this was Gumble at the end of his career. But, yeah, certainly I, I get what you mean. He's one of the great thinkers of the game. And uh, I, I think, you know, if it wasn't for Saurav Ganguly then Anul Kumble would have captained for a decade or so uh, Indian cricket. But, uh, yeah, we, we've got to go with Sakhalin. This is an ODI uh, 11 combined, India and Pakistan. And uh, so far, we haven't got that little bit of mystery in there. So, so we've gone with the mystery spinner uh, Sakhalin Mushtaq uh, in there. And um, I'll tell you the two quicks that I've got. We know the two quicks that you've got. You've got the two Ws, Wasim and Waqar. I've got Jasprit Bumrah and Zaheer Khan. Okay. Now, Zaheer Khan, obviously World Cup winner, you know, arguably the greatest seamer that India have ever had. Um, you know, you've got Kapil Dev. You've got Javagal Srinath. There's not a lot else to choose from, particularly post-war. I mean, there were a couple of guys in the in the 1930s who had particularly good records in Test cricket, but you know, in terms of of post-war, there have not been many who you could say were world class, apart from those three. So, uh, you know, we've already got Kapil Dev in the side. Um, And it was a bit of a toss-up, actually, between, for me, Javagos Srinath or Jasprit Bumrah. Um, And I've gone with Bumrah just because, you know, again, he gives you that little bit of X factor. He's got that sort of 90-mile-an-hour pace. He's got the awkward action, which batsmen find very difficult to face. He's got a a killer Yorker. Um, You know, such a brilliant start to his career. I mean, he's he's only a young man. Uh, He's sort of mid-20s at the moment. He's got a lot of cricket left in him and uh he he's the guy who really makes this uh, indian bowling lineup tick these days you know india when you look at their fast bowling riches in their current setup both in odi and test cricket he's the leader of the pack he he's he's the guy who everybody turns to when things aren't quite going right they need a wicket they need something different who do you put on? You give the ball to Jasprit Bumrah, and he usually gets the job done. So, I've gone with him ahead of Javagal Srinath for that. I know Bumrah. You know, you look at his stats. He's only played sixty-four ODIs, um, but he's got one hundred and four wickets—a so very good ratio. You um, know, strike rate of thirty-two, which is outstanding. He's he's got you know, four uh, four wicket hauls on five occasions. He's got one five for as well. Average of twenty-four point uh, four three, and and it's only going to get better as well. Um, and you know, as I say, he's got that speed. Um, and Zahir Khan just just for the, you know, I mean I'm not going to argue with Zahir Khan about <laughs> Wasim Akram because I can't. He's you know, he's he's almost like a protege of Wasim Akram. He's he's had advice from Wasim Akram. He's modelled a lot of his his deliveries on Wasim Akram. But he cannot be Wasim Akram for for India. He's the greatest left arm seamer that India ever had, arguably the greatest seamer um, of all time for India as well. But he, he's not going to get in the side ahead of Wazim Akram. So, uh, you know, uh, a special shout out, I should say, to Zahir Khan. But let's just uh, sit, stick in Wazim, shall we, for the, uh, for the um, <laughs> left arm seamer slot. I mean, Wazimakram, Akram, just to let everybody know as well, any all-time 11, whether it's Test Cricket, ODI Cricket, World 11, that I've ever picked in my life, Wazimakram's Akram's always in there. So... So I'm not even going to argue that. So he he goes straight in. Yeah, he's uh, he's got. I mean, and then it's a toss you... up between Jasprit Bumrah
0: and Waqar Younis. This is very interesting. In so 11. people talk about Wasim Akram's incredible ODI record, right? He was, I think, he was the first bowler to get to 500 wickets. Certainly the first seamer. Uh, at the time, and then obviously a few people have caught up since, because one day cricket is played so often. But you know, he did it all at an average of like 23. That is extraordinary. Do you know what's more extraordinary than an average of 23? An average of 22, which is what Bukhari Yunus uh, got to his 400th wicket with. And you know, people think of when people think of Bukhari Yunus, they think of you know the the, the super fast bowler thing, the the fast yorkers, the toe crushers, the reverse swing. When I think of a guy is, I think of the bowler who broke his back and reinvented himself as an away swing bowler, as like a faster, medium pace bowler towards the end of his career. His best return of, of seven wickets, it didn't come in the late 80s or the mid-90s or the early 90s. It came in the early 2000s against England. You know, he got the ball to swing away and he reinvented himself. He was one of those really smart, fast bowlers who realised that there wasn't you know, I, when we think about lost potential in Pakistani cricket, you know, people, you know, lament the time that Shoaib Akhtar spent away from the game, when in reality, you know, because of fitness issues, we really got the most out of Shoaib Akhtar. But, you know, he didn't have that secondary, that renaissance that Waqar um, that, uh, Yunus had, you know, that second part of his career that shouldn't have happened. You know, in the 1999 World Cup, he had to sit out that whole World Cup uh, because, well, a- apart from a couple of games because Shoya Bakhtar was there. But after Shoya Bakhtar was kind of done, he came back, right? And now you had Wakao Yunus leading from the front and, you know, he's showing you exactly what he could do with a new ball. So because he's got that skill, that record, and don't get me wrong, I love Jaspreet Boomer. I love watching him bowl. I think he's possibly the best... Seem bowler out there in the modern game right now. Certainly, that's it, it, you know that's something you can debate, but you've got a strong argument for him right up the top at the moment. But I just don't think he's played enough yet. I think if we had this, if we had this made this eleven sort of in two years time or three years time, depending on how much ODI cricket India play, you could definitely make a case for him. If it was a T20. Uh, you know, combined eleven, or you were looking at his whole career, then certainly you could make a very strong case for him. I think Just Free you know, on the strength of sixty odd ODIs against Wokar Yunus, you know, on the strength of, you know, four hundred plus ODI wickets, um, iconic moments. Um, you know, he missed out on a World Cup winner's medal because he didn't play in that nineteen ninety two World Cup. But he has capped in the side. Um and again, you know, you know, Wasim and Bumrah would be fun to watch, but is anybody really as fun to watch as Wasim and Wakar in their pomp?
1: Yeah, it's it's difficult to argue against that, but I just think with with Jasprit Bumrah he gives you something a little bit different, and and you know we've that is part of the reason we've gone with Sakhalin Mushta. I'm not, I mean, Wakar Yunis one of the greatest of all time, um, you know. But as you say, in ODI cricket, you know. You compare the figures, and I know we're just talking about 60-odd matches, so, you know, definitely he had the longevity, you know, 262 matches for uh, Wakar Yunus, 416 wickets... Average is quite similar, actually, to to Bumrah. I mean, Bumrah's is twenty four, and you know, it's it's going down. It's been creeping down for the last few years, and he's very early into his career, and he's just finding, you know, what what he's you know best at, and, and his sort of best options for what he's going to do in his first spell, and and all that kind of stuff. So he's just learning his game, still. Wakayun is twenty three point eight four, so very similar. His economy rate was 4.68, which for, you know, for much of his career was, was seen as quite high. You know, you look at the the great ODI bowlers of that era, the Sean Pollocks and, and, you know, the, the, the likes of him, you know, 3.68, I think it was. I think uh, Waseem was was lower than four. Uh, I'll just check that in a second as well. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit on the higher side for, for that kind of era of cricket. I know he was an attacking bowler, so so we'll take that into account as well, just like Sakhalin was and uh, Kumblay before him, like we mentioned there i just think jasprit bumra exemplifies what modern odi cricket is all about i mean yeah wakar unis had, had probably the best toe crusher the, the best in swinging yorker in world cricket we didn't see it as much in odi cricket as we did in test cricket though i'm going to argue that partly because of the white ball and and you know it the the lack of movement he still did used to reverse a little bit towards the end but not quite as pronounced as as in uh, red ball cricket and Bumra he's just awkward to face I I don't think anybody would enjoy facing Jasprit Bumra with that action at 90 miles an hour coming at your head coming at your toes you don't know what's going to come it's very very awkward it's always into you I mean he gets the, the leg cutters going as well but it's always kind of into you he does get that reverse swing as well and i just think he's going to be possibly the 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 you know one of the greatest of all time in odi cricket as long as he stays fit and and that that is why i really want to go with jasprit bumrah okay let's have i don't want to back down let, on this let's one.
0: have a look at our overall bowling attack so far right so we've got uh yeah. we got imran khan and couple dev as your all rounders right uh and seam yeah. options obviously um you've got you've got Wasi Makram that probably will take the new ball
1: um, and then you've got... But listen to this. So you've mentioned Imran Khan there. Imran Khan in his pomp because we're talking about all these players in their pomp. We're not talking about you know, towards the end of their career or when they were starting out. At their peak. Uh-huh. All these players at their peak and Bumra's probably just reached his peak or reaching his peak right now. So taking what he is now. So Imran Khan versus Waqar Yunus at their peak. Too similar maybe well this is the thing with wakar this is
0: why he's such a fascinating player to me because he he had two peaks you know he really he kind of was finished off and then he came back and showed a completely different skill set that made him one of the world's best bowlers all over again i i just it's so ingenious like if you look at someone like Wasim Mukram, it's even with him it's hard to isolate a peak period, because he was so good for so much of his career. I was watching a Wasim Akram compilation a couple of days ago, and I do this often, to be honest with you. I, (laughs) I, you know, and there was there were things in there from from the late eighties and the naughties, you know, and they were all just as good as each other. In fact, I watched a charity cricket match that was Seamus played last year in for the in support of the the bushfire appeal in yeah. Australia, and he bowled he bowled a delivery which okay it wasn't as quick as it used to be, but that movement was right there, and he struck the top of middle stump. It was extraordinary. So you know it's it's really hard to isolate peaks i would say i do like Jaspreet bumrah and uh, i think he's he does offer he does offer a lot of um, potential and a bit of youth and uh, you know as much as i, 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 I adore wakar you know, he's one of my favorite cricketers of all time right up there and uh, also just a lovely man and um, and of course friend of the podcast of course, uh, <laughs> but uh, he yeah perhaps Perhaps, I mean, I hear your thing about Red Bull cricket, and it was something, you know, that reverse swing, the things that he picked up from Imran Khan and Wasim Akram that helped him throughout his career. He was a tremendous white ball cricketer as well, but Red Bull is where he really, uh, you know, excuse the pun, shone. So... I'm happy to, I'm happy to, you know, and, and listen, this is all about goodwill as well. And, you know, <laughs> I think, I think there's a, there's a bit of, there's a, it's a bad time there was some goodwill. So let's get
1: Breathe Bumra back in the yes, team. Let's, let's get him in get him the in.
0: side, get him some experience. I mean, yeah, the you've legends. got to agree
1: though, that, that point, Imran Khan and, and Waqar Yunus, particularly before Waqar got the injury and, uh, you know, when Imran was, was bowling as well as he ever had um, during the sort of, you know, earlier part of his career, there were a few similarities. So, so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Let's, let's go with Bumrah. Let's go with, let's Bumrah. Go with Bumrah. And now the final debate. Finally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, look, I,
1: I'm going to propose something. Just do do the, we do a 12th man? Are we going to do a 12th man? Oh, should uh, we put somebody in? Should we put Wakar in for, for Goodwill? Um, you know, considering, a friend of the podcast, isn't he? He, but, he but, is. Consider- but do we want somebody who's an outstanding fielder?
0: Oh, okay. Or was See that's during a, their peak. that's a better take on it. I think let's go with an outstanding fielder. Uh for
1: Pakistan a couple of uh, men come to mind. Well shall we do it shall we do it out of the out of the elevens that we've picked? Uh huh. Oh we're gonna pick out the elevens that we've picked, players that have been left out, but players who we think could do a job in the field.
0: Uh okay. Let's do that. Let's go with for me.
1: It's not going to be Javed Miadad, let's put it that way. (laughs) Uh, I guess... And so this is when Inzi gets a hundred, or, or I remember what what was it um Azam Ramood said in that episode when he was talking about the two thousand and three World Cup where he didn't play in the match against India, but actually he did play because he was <laughs> fielding because every time say then got a hundred, Azam Mahmoud found himself on the field the next innings, so uh, you know it's basically for a situation like that where you know one of your big boys gets a hundred, doesn't quite fancy going out to field, has a little bit of a niggle, and says, you know." Young man, you go and you go and stand in the field for fifty overs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Abdul Razak then. He was in my original um, lineup as
0: an all-rounder, uh, quite a fit, athletic guy, a really a, a, a nice guy, you know, quite amiable and uh, you know useful with the bat and ball and all that kind of stuff. But also, just I think of the people that I've got, it's really him and Azhar Mahmood, the two the two athletes. And you know, Azhar's had an incredible career. He played all the way into his late thirties and. Um, you know, still quite decent and, um, you know, yep. very fit and healthy and athletic and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I was tempted to go with Azar. I think I might just give the edge to Razak for 12th man to bring the drinks on, give him a few words of encouragement. Also, I'm thinking of a, of a commercial that he did for like an insurance company where he gave a few <laughs> words of encouragement. It was, it was really like, it's very, it was very silly, but you know, he's, he's an,
1: he's a, he's a bit of a box office draw as well, Razak. So I'm going to, I'm going to push for Razak. Who have you got? I'm going to go for somebody who's a bit more box office and certainly, uh, you know, maybe not so much towards the end of his career, but when he came into the side and for a good number of years was uh, India's, you know, part of that ring on the offside. He was at backward point. Mohammed Kaif was in the covers and it was Yuvraj Singh. I'm going to go with Yuvraj Singh. Great catcher, you know, great athleticism at that backward point position. Held it for so many years. Just outstanding in the field, really. And, um, you know, he can come on and... uh, you know, say he's got that little bit of x-factor. Get his get his face on the cameras, sell a few shirts, you know.
0: Yeah, he's got I, that draw. Absolutely and definitely an inspiring Claire as well um so i think yeah i think he ticks all the boxes and you know it's probably best that we don't have a baghistani 12th man on the basis of recent controversies so um yeah <laughs> let's let's let you do it you has uh, uh, got a heart of gold and um yeah he, i think i think he would he's one of those people who's all about the honor of the team and things like that like he would have no issues bringing on drinks and things like that so yeah i'm happy to go with Yuvraj. now then the big the biggie the big question here is who is going to captain this side and i've only really got one person to make a case for really well i mean there's several people to make a case for but there's only one that i'm going to make a case for i'm not going to make a case for Inzamam. i'm not going to make a case um for wasi makram uh, i'm going to make a case for the one man who took what was a completely unfancied pakistan team from the bottom of the standings in the world cup in 1992 Having lost all of the original games, all the way to the top, in what is still considered the most iconic performance in the history of Pakistani cricket, uh, you know, more than more than two decades, almost three decades later, for me, it's got to be Imran Khan. He's just this incredibly, he's so inspiring. They made him Prime Minister, you know? <laughs> like, you know. And I don't know anything about his politics, and you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in talking about his politics. I'm really just talking about the man and the achievements and the, you know, the. You know, the diplomacy of it all the the, the friendship that he offers the, the you know the you know the incredible you know every Pakistani cricketer that you'll you know and, and, and you know we're, we're finally getting to a time now where people are starting to look up to other players because so much time has passed but anybody Pakistani cricketer that watched their cricket in the 70s in the 80s and the 90s even the noughties and the tens to an extent like they've seen all those clips they've seen all the highlights they've heard all the hype they've read all the books, that, you know, they've they've seen all the tweets, they've seen everything. I mean, this man is an icon of the game, like uh, a real icon. Like if you were drawing up a list of the five most important players in the history of the game, his name would be in there. And I'm putting him ahead of someone like a Awazi Mukram, who was an exceptional captain and had a decent record as well. But, you know... Imran Khan was uh, on paper anyway the the second most successful Pakistan captain of all time in test cricket uh, and in one day cricket the most successful um so you know for that undeniable leadership for that inspiring you know figure for that just that iconic
1: um legacy like I it's for me it's just got to be Imran yeah definitely uh, an icon of of Pakistani cricket world cricket i mean you're right, that 92 World Cup, you know, taking that side and winning it. But I've got to say, though, on paper, that Pakistan side, it wasn't a bad side. It wasn't as if they were just a bunch of nobodies who, who went on to win the World Cup. Whereas with MS Dhoni, I know it's a different format, but he came into the side as captain in 2007, that World T20, you know, similar format. But we'll get onto the one-day stuff in just a second. But but that side, to to have your first taste of captaincy in a tournament where basically all the senior players... You know, not all, but you know most of the senior players. Your Tendulkas, your Gangulys, your your Dravid's, you know your Kumblays, have all basically looked at this T20 lark and said we, we don't fancy playing that. It's a Mickey Mouse game. And then he, you know, to to win that with that Indian side, the likes of Joginder Sharma to bowl that final over to Ms. Haq to to have such a successful tournament. I mean, Joginder Sharma is now a policeman. In, uh, in the Delhi area I believe so um, you know he, he did have a great cricket career um, after that but to take players like that from small towns from, from unfancied sort of state sides and, and put together this you know with a bit of sprinkling of your Harbhajan Singhs and your Verenda Sawags and one or two others but you know essentially a very young group of players and to go and win that tournament in the style they did was outstanding and he just went from strength to strength really I mean to, to win the World Cup in 2011 I mean what a guy to to be leading that side of, of, you know, so much experience in that side. But I don't think it would have been possible without somebody like MS Dhoni and a coach like Gary Kirsten, but they just worked so well together. And and for for it to just go to plan, I mean, I've seen documentaries about that particular tournament and everything was mapped out. I mean, their road to the final, their road to lifting the trophy, they'd all mapped it out in their head, the journey. And this was all to do with, you know, Dhoni's psychology of, just going through the motions and even after they beat Pakistan in that semi-final, there there were celebrations, of course, because they just reached the World Cup final, they just beaten their biggest rivals. But there wasn't as much when you hear from the team. It was just they expected to do that. And that sense of sort of that psychology and that expectation of just being winners all the time was really ingrained on the side. And it had a lot to do with MS Stoney in that era. They, of course, then went on to win the 2013 Champions Trophy. Um, he's won so much with the Chennai Super Kings domestically as well. He's a gent. He's always smiling. He's so cool and, and in a pressure situation. I can't think of anybody else. You'd rather have captaining your white ball side than MS Dhoni. So, uh, you know, maybe just let Imran do the batting, do the bowling and, and just play his best game. And, and you know, be there be there as a guy to, to, to advise, you know, you might need another slip in or whatever it might be. But Dhoni's the man when, you know, when the proverbials hit the fan, Dhoni's the man you want there. Yeah, I mean... And I'm not even going to argue a case for Kapil Dev, who's the 1983 World Cup winning captain. You know, like I mentioned before, took that team of really sure. sort of average cricketers at the time and beat you know, everyone and beat the great West Indies uh, to go <laughs> and win that title. But for me, Dhoni, Dhoni pips him every time. You know it's it's interesting you say that like I didn't make a case for Wasim Akram even though he didn't win any world cups as
0: captain but he did take the Pakistan team to the final of the 99 World Cup and that was yeah. you know the, the big difference between that 99 side and the 92 side is the depth of talent like imagine how good your team has to be to leave Waqar Yunus on the bench uh you know, and then Mussa Ahmed and, and, and Salim Malik. Exactly. You've got some world class players who are just on your bench. Whereas with Pakistan, they really only had some players did come to the party and play quite well. like in a uh, debuting in Zimam, uh, you know, and uh you know Amish Sahil who was still very new to the team and Ramiz Raja again, sort of new to that one day international team, hadn't really done anything of note until that tournament. Um, you know, there was uh Fazal was in that side in ninety two. Again, some names that people won't really remember but, you know, it was really uh, Akib Javed and, uh, you know, Mushtaq Ahmed and Wasim Akram who really came to the party for Pakistan with the ball. But, you know, it wasn't thought of as a strong team going into that tournament. And, you know, that corner tiger thing is so iconic. But here's the thing, man. We could go around and go back and forth for ages. So here's something I'm going to propose, right? It's not joint captaincy because that <laughs> would be a complete cop-out. But I will suggest this. Let's have an Indian captain for one of the sides and next week let's do uh, 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 an Indian or Pakistani captain for the <laughs> test side so that, you know, everybody's happy, nobody's going to get upset, you know, people can exchange, you know, uh, food and Mithai and all that kind of stuff and there doesn't need to be any, <laughs> like we don't need to start any Twitter firestorms or anything like that. So because um, because Dhoni has had, uh, you know, one could argue that Dhoni's had more, access to more um, one day cricket than Imran did. And certainly in, in an era where one day cricket was given more prominence because Imran's you know greatest play, greatest times came in the 70s, the 80s in test cricket. That's where his iconic moments really lie. Yeah. Of course, the World Cup is the most iconic moment of all in 92. But overall, if you're trying to take a big picture of it, his iconic moments were in test cricket for me. Uh, you know, those incredible performances against the West Indies and, and uh, England, and we'll hear all about them next week. But I'm willing to concede that because of his record, his reputation and, you know, performances and probably his percentage as captain. uh, I'm willing to let, um, uh, you know,
1: MSD uh, captain this side. Excellent. So we'll go Dhoni captain. Right. So we've got our 11 and our 12th man indeed, of course, as well. Um, So let's just get this all together and we can read it out. So this is... uh, our combined 11, Atif Nawaz and Nikesh Raghani's combined ODI 11 of uh, all-time India and Pakistan cricketers. So, opening the batting, Sachin Tendulkar and Saeed Anwar. Number three, Inzimamul haq Number four, Virat Kohli. Number five, Rohit Sharma. Number six, Imran Khan. Number seven, MS Dhoni, who's the captain. Number eight, Kapil Dev. Number nine, Saklain Mushtak. Number ten, Wasi Makram you could perhaps swap them in the order and number 11 Jaspreet Bumrah with the 12th man Yuvraj Singh not a bad side i think they would beat most oncomers during uh, most eras of odi <laughs> cricket what an eleven what what a side absolutely i think uh, i think we're going to have to do a combined england
0: australia 11 to put pit them against it at some stage uh, but yeah that's that's a i think we've done well there and you know i think like again to anybody listening that's upset about anybody being called out it's just we're just having some fun it's fantasy cricket and uh you know we're just it's a completely subjective thing it's about what you what you value and you know when you go between eras it's it's a it's a whole new level of subjective but you know we we're just trying to fourth cases for players that we like and we enjoyed their time and you know the way the way we would visualize I think we worked through our reason explained our reasons reasonably well so yeah I'm pretty happy to put my
1: name against that a decent a decent combined ODI 11 for sure yeah coached by Nawaz and Rogani. maybe not maybe not we don't, we don't want to put any bad ideas in these guys heads uh, so yeah that has been uh, so much fun as uh, Atif said uh, you know and it is just fun. Um, and I certainly think uh, that uh, this 11 would, would take on most around the world in most areas of cricket. I uh, hope you've enjoyed that episode. Uh, and next week, we will be looking at our combined all time Test 11. And once again, you can have your say. Just keep an eye out on the Wisdom Cricket social media feeds. You can also contact us on social media at Nikesh at Atif Nawaz. And just uh, take a moment to look at the side we've picked and think, what if? And we'll be back next week,
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.